Welcome to Sacred Realms. It's a great day in Hyrule, y'all. Welcome to Sacred Realms, a Zelda retrospective podcast for the 100th time. Triple digits, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Lyndon Willoughby. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Willoughby. Uh, I cannot believe that we got here. I can't believe we got here. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's a milestone that was not even in the back of my mind when we started this two and a half years ago. Um, or wait, are we, are we at three years now? This will be coming up on three? No, it's two and eight. We started in 21. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, it is a milestone that I honestly didn't, I don't know if we... It was really in the top of mind, and um, I remember we had some conversations early on about, like, is there a point at which, like, we stop doing this because uh, we're not getting enough listeners, and that went away within, like, three weeks, and uh, then it was just trucking along and keep going, and, uh, man, it has been... Stephanie thinks y'all a thousand. thousand. I wish. Oh man, a thousand. That, that's that's a ways away. But uh, <laughs> there we go. Edited. Thank you so much, Steph. We really appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> she's speaking into existence. She, she we is. Only, man, we may only have a hundred episodes, but uh, in our hearts. But Stephanie appreciated them the same amount as if they were a thousand episodes. I love that. That's that. I'll take that every day of the week. But yeah, it's a it is a milestone that I don't know we ever even considered, and here we are, and. It feels very good. It feels uh, like we have really done a thing. And I listened to a whole lot of our own podcast today. And famously, I do not listen to our own podcast because I hate the sound of my own voice and blah, blah, blah. So um, I famously have not really listened to much of our own podcast, but I listened to a ton of it today to get some time codes for us to enjoy. And, uh, you know, it's uh, at the risk of sounding immodest. It's good. Do you feel like it holds, especially the early stuff, do you feel like it holds up? I think our very first episode was a little rough. We started really getting kind of a rhythm and a hang probably once we hit adult link stuff in Ocarina of Time, I think is when it started kind of ratcheting up in quality. Yeah. And like by the time we're in Link's Awakening, I was really enjoying it like for what it was. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, a lot of growth, holy cow! Because we, I was I was like cherry picking episodes through seasons, and the audio quality gets better. The drops that you put in get better as time goes on. Like we sound better. I I have less wet mouth noises now than I did back then. Uh, so <laughs> or I'm just better at removing them. <laughs> or you're better at removing them. I'm not sure which it is, but it sounds better all the way around. Um, yeah, it's it was a it was like a journey through a time capsule of uh, listening to us get off the ground, and uh, it was. It was really fun, actually. I, I didn't think that I would enjoy it as much as I did, but I, I really did enjoy uh, listening to our some of our older stuff. Well, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you had a good time with that. We're going to be going down memory lane a bit here in just a minute. We're going to be talking about the early days of the show and talking about how far it's come and the things that we've learned. Uh, but before we do that, I feel like I need to introduce our guest for the evening. Um, we the man needs no introduction. Me, needs no introduction. And originally, this was just going to be a me and Matt thing, but uh, that I forced my way. In. He was 
politely invited <laughs> and he graciously accepted. Ladies and gentlemen, the detective Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It felt super appropriate, not only because uh, in, in many ways you've kind of been around for this podcast even before um, it was like a when it was just a twinkle in my eye, you and I were kind of talking about my idea for this. Right. Um, and so you've been around since the planning days. But I would also venture to say that you are probably the second most regularly appearing guest Um Honestly, I would have to go back and count the episodes, but you're probably in a dead heat with Max. Yeah, I think Max is probably right about on par, and I feel like we're going to have to have an Agni Kai to determine who is the uh, <laughs> the guest of honor. <laughs> uh, I think that uh, if I had to guess right off the top of my head, I would say Max probably has been on more. Because I was thinking about the other day, and I for some reason in my memory, you've been here doing this from the beginning, but I think your first episode was actually in Skyward Sword, right? The um, Earth Temple in Skyward Sword. I actually think he's right. I don't think you were in nope. this awakening. Yeah, yeah, your first episode was the Earth Temple in Skyward Sword. Well, chapter Skyward Sword chapter three. Uh, but but the thing is, so I think we had Max on once per season before that, and then for a bonus, and you've been on. And he's been on like twice a season mostly since then, plus a few plot recaps. You've also been on twice a season for the most part and also on a few rank and recaps. So it's probably getting really stinking close. But but regardless, it just it felt it just felt right. It's not a measuring contest. It's not a measuring contest. It's not. I still feel like I've been on more than what Skyward Sword, but. If you can find it, if you can find proof. No, I don't. I don't care to look and find proof. In spirit, I was there. There you go. Fair enough. Well, and uh, like Lyndon said, you've been around since we first started talking about it. So uh, it's you were there for some of the conversations where we started hammering out what this would actually look like on paper. Yep. So just to clarify a little bit what this episode is going to be, it's going to be kind of a hodgepodge of stuff. We don't have necessarily a super like set in stone um, agenda or like list of order of order of operations here in terms of like, you know, when we're going to get to certain sections and whatnot. This is going to be a little bit more lackadaisical. It's going to be just kind of three friends chilling and reflecting on the past with some with some helpful aids and some fun games thrown in there as well. Um in case it wasn't already obvious, this is being recorded on Sunday night before the episode goes live, and it is being uh, live audio streamed to our Discord channel, um, in which we've got uh, lots of our friends of the podcast hanging out and engaging in the chat with us. So um, this is just a reminder that if you're listening to this episode on Wednesday when it comes out or anytime after that, uh, get in on the Discord because we are, we, we're starting to do more fun stuff like this, um, and it's a it's a really great crew and it's a great time uh, hanging out with all those excellent people. And so, um, of course, we are going to be interacting with our Discord crew in several ways throughout this episode tonight. So that's going to be a great time. But worry not if you're not on Discord and if you are listening later, you're not really going to be missing out on too much of anything. I think it's going to be a great time for all. Um, we're going to be doing a few different things. We're going to be listening to some timestamps that we've picked out of truly excellent moments from our show's past. We are going to be doing 
doing and some truly not excellent moments some truly not excellent <laughs> moments yeah they're sprinkled in there uh we are going to be playing a cucko run competition uh cucko run minigame competition uh the three people at this table are each going to do uh the endless cucko run and we're going to see who of us gets the best time and then we're going to give um an opportunity to our discord patron um you know that whole crew to beat our time and anyone who beats that time is going to receive a special edition trading card uh yeah it's gonna be really fun i actually announced this on the discord earlier uh but i i do have i'm gonna order about 30 copies of this card and we're gonna keep them around for um you know anytime we do special giveaways or competitions or anything like that uh so you know that all that is to say if uh you know, if you weren't able to participate in this Cucko Run challenge tonight, there will be other opportunities to get that card later on. Um, this actually feels like a pretty good time to just go ahead and drop both the regular card and the special version of it. Well, seeing but, as I've been bugging you about it for three weeks, yeah, now now's as good a time as any. Only three weeks. Well, only three. <laughs> as I've been told, art is hard, which yeah. I wouldn't know because I don't do art. art. Art is hard. So I'm a little bit behind. I'm st- I still owe the crew uh, the January and February cards, which is going to be one more for Wind Waker and then the first one for A Link Between Worlds. Um, the So I, I can actually go ahead and reveal the uh, February. What? January. So I can reveal January and February. Yes. Um, or at least I can tell you what they both are. The January card needs to go back to the drawing board. I, I wasn't happy with it. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the card for January is going to be none other than King Daphne's No Hansen Hyrule. Ah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yep. And the card for February, I'm dropping it in the chat as we speak. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't done one of these before. That's but there you go. The February card is a cucko. <laughs> if you don't do an alternate version where that has like black background okay. and red eyes, but get I'm this. gonna be upset. Get this, get this, get this. Is anyone ready for the special edition card that you can uh you can win by beating our cucko run time tonight or yes. in, in a future way? Show us Wait. the special edition. Show it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you <laughs> yes, the blue cucko. Kojiro, Kojiro. the blue cucko. <laughs> he finally made it. <laughs> That's what's at stake tonight, ladies and gentlemen. You should put in parentheses next to him, Dave, because Dave was a <laughs> Dave huge the Dave the Chicken was a huge influence in Ocarina of Time season one. Oh man, I remember Dave. Man, that really goes way back. It <laughs> goes way back. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, anyway, this this little blue, this blue cucko has always had a special place in my heart. So he's going to be our uh, our special edition prize for a little while until we run out of those. And then we'll probably come up with a new one. Yeah, I like that idea. It's it's fun to have giveaway items for uh, for fun competitions and stuff. So much fun. Oh, my gosh. All right. A hundred episodes. That's a lot to think back on and talk about and go through. And how many how many games have we played this? We're on our eighth yeah. Eighth? Well, I, I sense that you're about to really allow yourself to be swept down memory lane. Yes. And so what I want to do is I actually want to get the housekeeping out of the way first. OK, fine. And then but what I want you to do is while I'm reading this, um, keep in mind, I think we should I think we should start off with a replay of our first ever plot recap. How I totally sound? agree. Give Let's do a, it. Give me a timestamp. for that. Yeah, that is going to be first ever plot recap. Ocarina of Time. Episode one. Uh, starts at, uh, where is it? I texted it to you earlier. 
Okay. You get that ready to go. I'm going to do housekeeping. Yes, I will. All right, y'all. If you didn't know, Sacred Realms is a weekly re-examination of The Legend of Zelda, one little slice at a time. Sacred Realms drops every Wednesday and is available on all major podcast networks. Every week we play a new section of a Zelda game and then we sit down here to talk and to drop our hot takes. If that sounds fun to you, please head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and be sure to leave us a review. Five-star reviews are greatly appreciated and they have a chance to get a shout-out here on the show. If you want more Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspodcast to get access to our Discord channel, listener mail, vote on what game we play next, and so much more. Additionally, one of the benefits that all Master Sword patrons and above get is that we read their names every week here on the show. Those legendary individuals are Shepherd Street, Matthew, Chris, Daniel, Fallout 907, Kelso, Tiffany the Star, Daxel, Patrice, Stephanie, Darknuck, Brian, George, Mike, Dylan, Allie, Lennon, Melanie, Kolku, Aiden, Rowan, Josh, Nick, Dante, Gep, Brittany, Davey, Haru the Mighty, Derek, Albert, Mark, Andy, Cameron, Ben, Daniel, Nick D underscore TV, Travis, Christian, Jonathan, Hyrule Interviews, aka Max Nichols, Garrett, Andrew. These are the most legendary of individuals. I would gladly record another 100 episode of pod for those people. Well, we will definitely get at least 100 more out of the remaining games that we have. So I think that we're definitely locked in for that one. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Memory lane time, Lyndon. I think that's where we're at, right? Uh, I believe that it is, Matt, 100%. Do you have? I do have. It starts at the 7 minute 15 second mark. And it kind of rambles. <laughs> so we'll just listen to it until we can't take it anymore. It's, it's, okay, sorry. What's the what's the timestamp again? Seven minutes and 15 seconds. Okay. I'm really excited to listen to this one and to see truly how far this has come. So let, oh, me, man. let, me, let me cue this up real fast. I will refrain from reading to you in my bedtime story voice. I don't want to put anyone to sleep today. Maybe moving forward, we might be a little creative with this point. but. We're going to start off uh, with some good old solid monologuing. I do love a good monologue. Lay it on us. All right. So we open up with a fantastic opening sequence. The great Deku tree speaking in his very uh, unique way, which actually was one of my was one of my notes, which we'll get into in a minute. The Shakespeare Deku tree. Oh, yes, I love the Shakespeare Deku tree. Who's talking about uh, the changing of the world and the changing of uh, the the, the evil that is creeping into the world and how the, the world needs someone to come in and save it. Then we flow right into uh, the intro of Link. And as he's sleeping in his bunk, uh, restlessly sleeping in his bunk, then something really interesting happens. And I will talk about this a little bit later. The Deku tree sends Nabai the fairy to find Link, the only Kokiri in the forest without a fairy guide, which in the Kokiri is basically means you're not really an adult or I guess their version of an adult. Not a true Kokiri at any rate. Yeah, exactly. So he's an outcast, right? And the Deku tree selects Navi. Navi? Uh, so I've always said Navi, I believe. So I've been like told Navi. I've been told that the name actually is a shortening of the word navigation because she's kind yeah, of your guide. Makes but, sense. But I've always said Navi. Yeah, so I'm going to say Navi because that's just how I always said it. Navi. And Navi goes and finds Link and and becomes his fairy. And per, I think, 
almost every Zelda game really in modern memory starts out this way with someone trying to wake Link up because that kid can sleep through apparently anything. Oh, well, that that I mean, that goes way back. Link's asleep at the start of most every game, but this is definitely his first notable companion. Yes, for sure. That's definitely his first fleshed out companion. Um, and I connect with Link on a spiritual level with uh, how how much he loves to sleep. So I, I can appreciate that. Don't we all? Uh, yes. So Navi wakes up Link from a terrible nightmare that he's had where he sees this man on a horse uh, in black armor chasing the princess, which he probably has really no frame of reference for because he was raised in the forest. But it's this dream that disturbs him deeply. Navi wakes him up and says, Link, we need to go see the great Deku tree, which is basically like you're getting summoned to see the Buddha or the Dalai Lama or... Or, I don't know, the Pope, you know, when you think about it, um, the way that the Deku, the Deku, the status that the Deku tree holds in the Kokiri society is is pretty similar to that. The Deku tree will henceforth be known as the tree Pope. The tree Pope. Ooh, that's a good one. I love tree Pope. Um, you spend the first part of the game, you, you walk out of your house and Sarai, your best friend, comes up and says, oh, my goodness, you got a fairy. How amazing. Then, you know, you got to go see the great Deku tree and this jerk, Mido. Saria, by the way. Dang it. I thought it was Sarai. You put your eye in the wrong place. It's Saria. Saria. Okay, fine. Uh, Then this jerk, Mido, is like, bruh, I don't like you because Saria likes you and I like Saria. So you can't pass me to go see the Deku tree without a sword and a shield. So then, you know, you spend your little introductory section uh, learning the movement controls, etc. You grab the Kokiri sword. You go by the shield from the store, which is run by a kid who can't even see over the counter, uh, which I always find hilarious. And then uh, you go to the Deku tree. Deku tree uh, says, Link, dude, you're super cool. Um, You've never had a fairy. Now you do. And you are a child full of courage and spunk. Um, I've been cursed by uh, XYZ. There is a great evil growing. I need you to summon all of your courage and free me from this curse. Link says uh, in his non-vocal way. Sure, dude, let's do it. Enter into the Deku tree, go through the intro dungeon, which we'll talk about in depth in a minute, and fight this nightmare fuel of a spider. I have I have a terif- I'm terrified of spiders. One of my biggest fears. So this dungeon like ramps up my um, arachnophobia to like 10. Fight the spider, kill the spider, exit the Deku tree. Deku tree is like, dude, you did really awesome. Let me tell you about how the world was created. <laughs> really kind of a non sequitur in the, my opinion the hyrule creation myth yeah really kind of a non sequitur but it's really good world building so, okay i think that's enough to really give you oh idea man of how far this element of the show has come <sighs> so two things i was looking back through while this was going on trying to find what episodes i was in and I think you're right. I might not have come into skyward sword but i just feel like i was there cuz i played along with you guys and you, listened you mean ocarina of time you came in at skyward sword that's what I meant. Oh, okay. Sorry. sorry. Yes. I feel like I, I was there earlier than I was. Uh, but then also, I feel like there should be someone go back through and see what big word of the day that you guys pick on different episodes. Because there was one where you all said dichotomy like 30 times. <laughs> non sequitur this time. Not, I, yeah. I feel like you just pick one. Like, I'm going to stick with this word today. I like it. Like the multiple syllable words. We're just going to keep them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So look, I mean, Obviously, obviously, the craft of the plot recap has uh, significantly evolved. I would I would man. be curious to know when these really shift from because I'm I forgot just how much of a back and forth thing. Yeah, it used was. to be just. Yeah, I think the next episode because that one. Remember, we hadn't written it down yet. 
because we were just like, no, I mean, we know the plot of this game really well. We can just like summarize it. And then it turned into that, you know, 10 minute meandering back and forth that just didn't work super well because it took away the whole next conversation, which was, you know, the section of the game and how it made you feel like we basically combined the two. So I think the next episode we were like, okay, we need to streamline that a little bit. And I started writing the script all the way out, which I think made a big difference. But I I think it's so interesting because basically what you did over time is just sort of naturally uh, kind of transitioned from doing this sort of like very off the cuff kind of like casual recap of the plot and honestly have a bit more of an audiobook sort of thing happening right now well especially like uh, dylan is pointing out in the discord channel right now last week's was nine pages uh so yeah no i think we it's basically an audiobook at this point and um wow it is uh it's a lot and yeah (laughs) um they have not remained tight nor, nor succinct. They, they are neither one. They are verbose and sprawling still, <laughs> but, but they are, um, direct and they are direct, right? It's not a ramble. It's not a back and forth. It's, it's much more, it's like we're telling the story in story mode, right? Like that's kind of yeah. what I think we're going for. Yeah. And I think that works a lot better for what this section of the pod is is let, let's get everyone up to speed on the story so if you're not playing along you at least know like what's happening what are the major plot points what are the beats that we're going to be covering and i think it's at least the goal was and is to allow people to feel what it is that's going on in the game um even if they're not directly playing it or haven't played it in a long time maybe jog someone's memory and you know i hope that it's successful i i think that it is we've gotten some pretty good feedback especially over the last couple of seasons uh about about the plot recap specifically so um I'm, i hope that you know outside of our patrons and discord folks who uh, love it i hope that uh, our regular listeners love it also so um yeah, uh, the plot recap is kind of my baby, and I'm glad to see it go from whatever that was to uh, <laughs> to what it is today. Yeah, I don't know, Mike. Do you think Do you think Matt has evolved his craft in a significant way? I, I would say at this point we can call it a craft. Yeah, um, there were a couple in the early pod that I was like, oh man, this is goofy, um, in, in a loving way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but then, yeah, as as they go on, especially if I haven't caught up to that point in a game, like say the kids decide they want to be absolute terrors for a week yeah and i don't get to catch up then yeah it really does help to have that um kind of story mode go by of what this section this chunk's about and i do think that they've gotten pretty good i'm not trying to inflate his head no that's i appreciate that no, yeah no, that's great very, very i appreciate good, very good. that i appreciate that <laughs> well and that was actually something that took quite a lot of figuring out too was just like the balance of like when to <laughs> insert music and audio and how to make it flow seamlessly because actually that that's even a slightly more recent thing like it was kind of back and forth in the early seasons where if i thought that like while the plot recap was going on if i thought the music that accompanied that section was particularly cool Mm -hmm. then i would drop it in Mm -hmm. or i think i think i've most always dropped in like the master sword fanfare whenever we get to that point right but yeah um it, it hasn't really been until the last several seasons uh 
the last three or four seasons, I think, where I was making an intention, uh, like a, a very intentional choice to have music behind most everything. Yeah. And I think that that really starts coming out in Breath of the Wild. I listened back to a couple Breath of the Wild episodes today and you you have like anytime we enter a village, Kakariko Village is playing in the back. And at the start of the plot recaps in uh, Breath of the Wild, you had the the drop, the bong bong drop. Right, uh, which right. I really I wish like. Games had something similar. Yeah, that was a I, neat way to start. I it. like that one a lot. And um, I wish, I, by the way, I think you should use that audio drop for any time we do a clip from the past, so oh. that it's it's like a memory clip. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that, and one thing that I te- was texting you about was like that's something I want to call out on your behalf is like the drops that you've been able to put into the plot recaps just are really good punctuations and have just gotten better over the course of. Uh, you know, the eight seasons we've been doing it. But even as early as Ocarina of Time, you were cutting in like the temple songs and um, every time that one was mentioned uh, and Zelda's lullaby and, and stuff like that, like you were cutting that stuff in. And um, I think it's always been because music is such an integral part of Zelda, it's important that those things be highlighted in addition to the story because they just magnify the story points. Yeah. So I think that people need to know a fun Willoughbyism too that goes along with your plot recaps. Oh, what is the Willoughbyism? Oh, it's that every time Lyndon tells me, "Hey, be over here at seven. We're going to start recording." I know in my soul that that means we're not going to start recording until eight o'clock, and that's because not only is Lyndon just slow. Yes. Also, that's about 45 minutes of Matt doing his procrastination <laughs> plot recap. Typing the plot recap the the day uh, the day of and uh, and or the day after. Yeah, you, you have to do some serious convincing to show me that you're not cramming at the very um, last. Yeah, I, look, I will fully admit I routinely procrastinate the plot recap to the point that I've had to do it after we have recorded an episode. On more than one occasion. But it's both of you guys. It's true. We are both just chronic procrastinators. now that I know that and love you both, I I accepted it. Because it's the same thing. If if Lynn tells me, hey, bro, we're going to have dinner. Be here at 645. I'm like, great. We're eating at nine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that is true. That, yeah. Uh, Especially like when Sawyer was really young. uh, It was like, man. (laughs) I was going to say, it's better now. It's better now that we eat like we eat with Sawyer before he goes to bed. So that kind of like helps to push that timeline up a little bit. A little more punctual. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's. uh, But I will say one one good thing. About and there's not many. I think this is probably the only one. The only good thing about doing the plot recap post episode is that I get to sit down and like spend hours on it and like really going through and getting my thoughts in a row and making sure that it's exactly what I want it to be. So like the the last plot recap for Wind Waker um, with the whole section about Daphne's and Ganondorf and like all of that. I wrote that one the day after we recorded the episode and I spent probably three hours on it of just writing out the story. So sometimes it's necessary just because of how much there is to cover. Oh, for sure. Until I catch up and play along with you guys, I don't think about how much is crammed into each of these sections. And yeah, does all that story necessarily like need to be, uh, be part of that section? No, but just to tell, tell it correctly, I think that you put a great amount of work into it and you tell it well again. So it, it, it really does show how much effort you put into it. 
Yeah. And I do try, I do try to have it done before we get here. Uh, it sometimes will depend on how recently I've played that section of game. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's okay. So I want to interject with another timestamp. We've been talking a lot about Matt's performance, uh, in his, uh, his oratory skills in delivering the plot recap. And, you know, I like to think that I, I do well enough whenever I get to pitch in on that as well. But in uh, in the you do you do great. Landon. Thank you. In the researching of old episodes, though, I was uh, my attention was called to a wonderful moment in which I truly got to flex my vocal impression skills, not in a plot way. Oh, but in a, which one is this? But a really fun, interesting way here. Let me cue up. Let me cue up this. Uh, is this one of our is this one quick. of our famously horrible impressions of which we have many? Good point. We actually we run in a Destiny squad together, and this is a constant point of consternation with anyone who's not a member of our immediate family whenever they hop into our fire team. So we've been told that it is uh, troublesome to to pick these voices apart. So we're very sorry if that is true. Yeah, we don't want to give you uh, any any reason to be um, confused, but hopefully. We make up for it just by being enjoyable people. Yeah, we should have assigned Jackson like a voice. Like you have to talk in this voice for the entirety of the episode. Uh, that would have been fun. Could. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't have done it. I don't well, even. Uh, yeah, it's true. I'm uh, not your pawns anymore. <laughs> well, that's fair. Huh. I guess yeah. that time has passed. Be like, hey, Jackson, uh, Matt and I are going to talk normal and you have to talk like Uncle Iroh for the entire <laughs> podcast. If you could talk like Uncle Iroh and you didn't. I would be sad. Prince Zuko, the spirit temple is a <laughs> place of profound wisdom. <laughs> it is very ancient. You must feel the flow. Oh, man. Like, I'm half impressed and half like, oh. Geez. Oh, man. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Matt's, oh, man, really sums that up as much as you, as much as it, anything can. Oh. Like a, the low-budget Iro you invite to a child's birthday party. Yes, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. For our audio listeners, that was Ocarina of Time Chapter 8 starting at about 27 minutes and 30 seconds. So. <laughs> you just tell us we're in a pillow under his shirt. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> uh, there's a there's another one of those that I heard today where we did. Oh, we did a Michael Caine impression when we were talking about the fire rod. Oh, was it just a men just went to watch the web? Yes, it was yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to pull up that timestamp. I can roll that you one out. You can do that right off the top. Of any day. You guys put that in the tagline for that episode. We did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Wow, that was great. Oh, gosh. And then, of course, our Chris Pratt impression, which was probably what, like three episodes ago when we were talking about who uh, who is which Mario brother. Oh, man, that one was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's one area we have not gotten better at is impressions. We're sorry, both Mako, Chris Pratt, Michael Caine. <laughs> All of you. We're sorry we butchered it. We butchered it. I went to this one. We apologize in the in the most profuse way possible. <laughs> I'm sure they all three. Well, I'm sure that Chris Pratt and Michael Caine listen to this podcast. Oh, most definitely. Totally. <laughs> you know what I'm you know what I'm wondering? Did we ever get a timestamp for someone was mentioning that time where I was like, you were just saying something completely wrong and i was telling you it's like no don't worry man i'll edit it out i'll edit it out it's fine and, <laughs> and then you didn't an intentional choice to not do that and just left the whole thing oh i'm pretty in. sure that's happened more than once but i don't think we ever got a time no, code for that one been ones where we've gone on a tirade he's like i gotta delete all that 
and then some of it makes it in the episode. I get so jazzed. Oh man. All right, I'm looking through to I'm looking through at a few others that that are probably pretty good to pull up here real quick. I um oh, man. Here, let's see. I'm looking through the list, Matt. What, what Oh, else? Tiffany did send that one. Uh yeah, Tiffany, if you paste that in there, we'll uh we'll pull it up right now. All right. Our uh, our loyal listener and friend of the show, Tiffany the Star, is dropping that time code real quick cuz it's a great one. Is it the Michael Caine one? No, it's the one where I I completely just I, I tripped up matt live on air like, <laughs> nice. okay that would be season four chapter three 15 minutes and 49 seconds let me get there As we leave the Western desert, we know of only one more pendant of power to find the pendant of power. Looking at our oddly wisdom map, we see that our next target is the looming tower in the northern sector. Hey, it's wisdom. No, we got wisdom in the desert. No, we got power in the desert. This is wisdom. You're getting them confused because of their color. No, that's why. So I remember last week I asked you, why is the pendant of power blue? Yes, because you got the pendant of power last week and now we have to go get the pendant of wisdom. You're right. Hold on. (laughs) I don't think I ever noticed that they had the wrong colors. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they kind of figured out that red is supposed to be maybe the color of power and strength. And and so it just was like that going forward. But yeah, in this game, the pendant of power is blue and the pendant of wisdom is red. Okay. Hold on. I'm just going to. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. No, I'm leaving this whole thing in. No, you're not. (laughs) I am. No, you're not. You can't stop me. I, I, you're right. I can't, but I can just chalk this whole section full of curse words and make you edit them all out. <laughs> don't do that. Why would you then do don't that? Don't leave it in. <sighs> Dude, you this make is me look bad constantly. Don't even. This is good pod. We're creating good pod right I, now. We can have this whole their odd colors discussion after I'm done with the plot recap, so we can keep it in there. But you're not keeping this in there to make me look like. Okay. 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 All right. I agree. Mutually de- assured destruction was not on my to-do <laughs> list for this episode. So. Good. Okay. Hey, listen. <laughs> Left it in. Take that, Matt. <laughs> God, I hate you. Mom, Lynn is not deleting my pod. <laughs> Man, that was even more blatant than I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn is just sitting there stroking his cat like Mr. Evil. <laughs> That was really kind of a dick move. I'm sorry. God, that was horrible. So fun, I hate you. Well, hey, Jeez. look. One thing. One thing I said there was true. <laughs> it oh, made yeah. it made for good pod. Apparently, it did. Yes. Colko was quick, quick on the gifts. He really, yeah. The gift game is strong in Col- the Discord. Col- no Colko is a giftsman. Is <laughs> a giftsman. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was a good one. Oh, oh my was, God. Uh, th- thanks for coming through uh, on the timestamp with that, <laughs> Tiffany the Star. That was uh, very That's much cool. appreciated. <laughs> Holy crap! Um, I, I wanted to pull up another one. I was actually thinking uh, earlier today about. 
characters that we used to spend a lot of time talking about, which we have kind of like uh, moved away from. Yeah. In, in more recent seasons. And one of my absolute favorites uh, comes from season two, which was Link's Awakening. Yeah. And uh, I want to I want to pull up a, a little timestamp that covers that wonderful character. Now, we, um, we need a discord emote of this character. Yeah, this. OK, so this <laughs> this comes from uh, Link's Awakening, which is season two, chapter five, starting at seven minutes and twenty five seconds so let me pull that up real quick before we head off to our next location which according to the weird bright white light is at a bay which by the way is a very helpful hint when you're on an island yeah a lot of those bright light a uh, prophecy voice is very nonspecific at times. Very nonspecific. Yeah. Yeah. We spot an interesting cave right outside the dungeon and decide to go check it out with our newly acquired swimming gear. Inside this cave, we find a, find a gigantic fish that claims to be the offspring of the sunfish. All of that aside, including his very odd name, this benevolent aquatic creature teaches us a catchy song? Monbo Mambo. Monbo is his name. Mambo is his song. Yes. Yes. Okay. Monbo. It is Monbo's Mambo. <laughs> Bro. Matt, the next yeah. time I'm transporting a perp from far away. Please just City, play that constantly. On repeat. I need you to get me a copy of this that's on repeat on YouTube for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play it in the back seat. And consider that justice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Mon- Monbo, truly, uh, truly one of my favorite characters in the canon of Zelda who, uh, yeah, we just haven't had much occasion to talk about lately. Oh uh, man, yeah, he was, a, he was a classic, wasn't he? Good old Monbo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Still better than Tinkle. Oh, everybody is better than Tinkle. Even the dead hand is better than Tinkle. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, think I don't know. Like just thinking about it now, though, do you remember like I'm trying to remember some of the in jokes from early in the show that we've kind of fallen off. with. Well, Tree Pope of- uh, was a big one. Dave the chicken, Greg the block, which turned into Igor the block. Yes. Uh, those were both really great. I think I sent you time codes for both of those. Um, Barbara was uh, a little later, but he definitely she had a prominent appearance. Yeah. Who's Gary? People mentioned. Yeah. Gary. I don't remember who Gary is. I don't remember who Gary was. Yeah. I don't know either. That one's kind of like fallen out of my memory. Eh, we have over, over like two and a, two and a bit years of pot. I, I think that that's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember Gary either. But anyway, um, yeah, those were kind of some of the big ones. Um, <sighs> Greg and Igor. Good times. Good times with them. Absolutely. Or were they bad times? They were bad times. They were <laughs> utterly horrible times. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Oh. So obviously, we you know, we mentioned earlier that we've got a lot of excellent guests who come on this show quite a lot. And we have one of the one of the greats here with us tonight. Uh, we appreciate you being here, Mike. Oh, you make me blush. 
But I just want to I want to take a few minutes to spotlight a few of the recurring characters who have uh, graced our show many times throughout its entire nice lifespan. Yeah, um, because really, I think one of the things that has made this show what it is, is that we have um, we have been able to make connections with some people who are just really know their stuff where Zelda is concerned um, and are excellent guests on a podcast format. Right. You know. Uh, obviously, like we've got we've got longtime returning favorites like Max Nichols, Cody Davies, Josh, you know, um, a, a lot of like great all timers there. Uh, we have some people who were truly excellent that we only had on once or twice. We've got some that we really enjoy talking to that we haven't been able to catch up with in a while. Melora, for instance, I yep. always love having Melora on to chat um, real quick. I wanted to uh, while we're talking about excellent guest appearance moments. I want to cue up a timestamp, which is probably the most famous moment in uh, Cody Davies' tenure on this show. Oh boy, I'm, I'm excited sure, about this one. I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about, but here, give me, give I me don't, one. I'm super excited. Give me one. Actually, I think most people are going to expect this to be the Obama of Australia moment, but it's <laughs> it's it's not that. It's actually one. <laughs> that, that one is super famous. It's it's one that gave me the chuckles even more than that. So, uh, this comes from uh, Adventure of Link, which is season. Ah, geez. Oh, gear him was Gary. Oh, yeah. wow. Because the te- the text uh, te- speech to text translation turned gear him into Gary. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Modern translation. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go to Adventure of Link. This is in chapter four, starting at one hour, 56 minutes, 53 seconds. So. That right there <laughs> should tell you it's a Cody Davies episode. It was a Cody Davies episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cody, how you feeling about Z targeting? Well, so my character um, for this week is a character that who hasn't been seen, but whose existence has been implied. Um, and I'm, of course, talking about the one who imbued our new crucifix with power, God's only begotten son, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the ultimate Z-targeting pick thus far, Jesus himself. <laughs> oh, man. Good pick, well, Cody. Someone was crucified. Uh, if there's a crucifix going around, that, that scares ghosts, so... You know, it gives a lot of implications that we they never dig into. I think that's a great pick. Jesus is always the answer. That's what we learned in Bible class. Jesus is never necessarily the wrong answer. There you go, Cody. I uh, I never expected I never expected uh, the man himself, JC, to to come up on the, on <laughs> on the, the sacred show. realms, the yeah. Zelda retrospective podcast. There we go. It's a whole new type of sacred realms now. <laughs> Cody Davies, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Jesus Christ, the legend from down under himself. Oh my god. Do you remember the episode where I came over and y'all were finishing the episode with Cody? 
And we just started asking him like Australian fun facts. That's where we learned about the emu wars. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that oh, is the emu wars. <laughs> <laughs> that is a recurring sacred realms bit that everybody loves. I think, which yeah, is you, the twenty part Cody Davies sacred realms rundown. <laughs> I think he's promised us that one day it might grow into twenty five or even thirty parts. So. Yeah, and and one part of that, which is probably my personal favorite so- sacred realms recurring joke, is how bad the water dragon is at her job. Yes. It just stems into every game all the time the literal worst uh, yeah uh you know what we need to do is do a zelda uh after dark and then just have ones we're already like 90 percent tanked <laughs> <laughs> just, i feel like that with cody would be real fun cody could be real fun for that i've never no done the, i've never done this show at more than 60 percent. so that prospect scares me <laughs> that's true i don't yeah i don't think we've ever been like really tanked for for a show that would not, be not really tanked. <laughs> not really. I mean, there was there was that time when we were. Oh man, back when uh, Colleen was still uh, pregnant with a little nuggin, uh, we were doubling up on episodes, and that was I think Oof. Link's Awakening, right? That was Link's Awakening. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that, and we were still doing extra bonus episodes. Yeah. At the time. So there was one. There was one night we did three episodes. We did two regulars and a bonus, and we started at like Y'all. it was like right after dinner. It was like. And we ate early. So I think we started at like six and ended at like 1130 or midnight. Never again. And like by the time we got too close to the end of the third episode and we unwisely, very unwisely. Oh, no, that was when we did it with Eric Buckles and we had to record the bonus episode first. And then we rolled into two episodes of Link's Awakening. Yeah. And so by the end of the third episode that we recorded that day, we were just, we were more tired than anything else. And I, Mike actually texted me, uh, later that week and was like, Hey man, were you uh, a little bit drunk on that, that last episode? (laughs) And I was like, no dude, I was honestly like about to fall asleep. And I'd been talking for four hours straight. The only time that I remember that I, hung up the laptop and you know called called it done on an episode and looked back and was like i maybe in had like indulged just a little too much on that one i i remember uh because it only happened that one time and every every other time since then i've been like kept it kept it pretty chill you know um it was the Lanayru sand ship episode <laughs> of skyward sword oh yeah which we had max on for oh that one was great it was a great episode and i distinctly remember uh hitting stop and hanging up zencaster and just kind of sitting back and thinking man i am too drunk to taste this chicken (laughs) (laughs) can't do that again (laughs) (laughs) too drunk to taste that chicken wow that's a i don't i don't that i've ever heard you say that i don't know i think it's ricky bobby (laughs) yeah I, i think it's it's so funny because i think that day it was just like i hadn't eaten eaten enough and i was having like my usual like two and a bit glasses of whiskey <laughs> yeah but we were drinking the hundred proof uh woodford barrel that's yeah true. oh that's so it's dangerous like each glass of whiskey was actually a glass and a half proof wise basically yeah so, uh, unwise decisions were made and uh i think max being a consummate professional either didn't notice that i was getting a little sloppy towards the end of the episode or was just like nice enough not to say anything about it he, he was just one sail ahead of you <laughs> <laughs> one, one more sheet to the wind yeah he was man that was 
That was a fun season, though, wasn't it? it Skyward. Was Skyward was a fun season. Skyward, you know, I look back on Skyward Sword as being one of the greatest surprises of this show. Yeah. And obviously, we've had a lot of conversations since that time about how we just kind of hold that game in a lot higher esteem than a lot of people do. Yeah. And I think a lot of it does have to do with the fact that, one, we waited so long for it to come to the Switch, you know, to come to a platform that wasn't the Wii or the Wii U. And then once we actually got it, one, we were still very early into the show. And so, like, the newness of all of this was still, like, really big and powerful. Yeah, that was season three. But also, it was just totally... It was such a wonderful, seamless experience. Um, And it, it was... It was everything that I remembered loving about Skyward Sword and nothing I remembered hating about it, except yeah. for the Kill certain, Me Now section, certain yeah. notable narrative sections. Right. But like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know that that was that was one of the greatest surprises of this whole show. And uh, I, I, I also look back on it very fondly. Yeah, that brings me to, I think, a question that I want to pose to you specifically, Lyndon, um, which season that we have done, not which game. Which season of pod has been your favorite to so do? So I'm going to answer that, and I'm actually going to pitch that question to the whole table. If everybody listening could give us one second, we are going to go for a drink refill, and we will be back in five. So take a quick break. We'll be back in una momento. All right, and we are back. And we're back, everybody. Hi Welcome, there. Haru. Hello, friend. Haru the mighty. Yay. And Darknuck, welcome as well. Glad you could make it. Hope your uh, daughter's birthday was a wonderful experience. Really, really happy to see people filtering in and out of this one. Um, just love the engagement. Seriously, love being able to chat with y'all. Um, truly, you guys are a great community. Um, I, I did want to mention something Tiffany the Star dropped in the chat while we were out getting refills. So Tiffany was saying, uh, I'll, I'll read verbatim. She says, some of the things you guys are saying made me want to shout out something super random. Your podcast descriptions. I'm a wordy person. You've seen my bookshelves. Yes, we have seen pictures of your wonderful bookshelves, Tiffany. So I appreciate the little bits of description description tagged onto the episodes some have such subtle dry humor i want you all to know they don't go unnoticed really appreciate you saying that tiffany um that's something that i've been doing a little bit less of lately is being clever in those descriptions just because i wasn't sure if it was something that was you know people were even noticing or appreciating so maybe i'll uh I don't know. Maybe I'll get back into that and uh start you know dropping a you know a witticism here and there in those i think that could be a fun time you enjoy good witticism i know you do i know this about you mike so right before we uh took our little break matt posed a question uh to me specifically but i'm going to open it up to the whole table and then after we talk about this we're going to do the uh, coco run uh, before we uh you know move on to some other stuff and then bounce out of here for the night yep uh, i'm also going to put this poll up in our pod chat by the way so everyone can vote on it Okay, excellent. So if you're a, if you're a Discord uh, participant, the poll is going up in the Pod Chat channel. Please go vote. So the question was, which season do I was it? Which season do I think was the strongest, or which season was your I favorite? Enjoyed? Was what, your favorite? Yeah. My favorite and not season. game season. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that that is an important distinction, I think. And you know, the answer might be a little surprising um, to everybody. But to be completely honest, my favorite season to date has been the double trouble season where we covered The Legend of Zelda and The Adventure of Link. Um, and I think it's just because even though those games had had so much that was frustrating from a gameplay standpoint and so much that was like very antiquated, we had one so many awesome perspectives 
on that season of the show. Like between Max and Josh and Cody and, you know, even like Phil Summers came in for that one. Yeah. Like we, we had so many people with so many great opinions and so much historical knowledge. And we were just able to talk frankly and critically about the things that we weren't enjoying and to um, kind of measure them up against the way things are done in modern Zelda. And like, I think that there's a reason that we were unable to keep any episode that season under two hours. Yeah. They they were very educational. So I I did go and beat um, Legend of Zelda. And then what was the second one? Uh, Adventure Adventure of Link. Link. Yeah, I didn't quite beat. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But even not beating it, um, both of them going back to games I've not played before and hearing the guests and just going through those games, I learned a lot about not only the history of, of the franchise, but also kind of what was going on in those games, which is really awesome to, to hear. Yeah. Oh man. That like, now that you, you've said that, honestly, that, that would, that's hard to beat. And, um, it's probably one of my favorite seasons as well. I think for me, my favorite season, man, like it's, it's hard for me to choose between breath of the wild and skyward sword for the same reason. And that is challenging my expectations, like my preconceptions. It, both of those seasons really, really challenged me in my, uh, preconceptions about both of those games. I went into Skyward Sword thinking, um, that it was like the best Zelda game I've ever played. And it obviously didn't rank as that high, of course. I mean, it's still, I think our number three, but, um, it's, it made me look at a game that I was just so blindly, um, blindly adored. And I, and I looked at it critically for the first time. And I think I, I looked at it for the flaws that it had, but still gave it its strengths where they were due. And breath of the wild was the same way, but kind of in the opposite direction of, I went into that thinking that it was one of the best games that was out there, but was not a good Zelda game. And, you know, we unilaterally came away from that one with it at our number one spot. And for the same reason that Ocarina of time was the number one spot, because it just, it challenged the dynamic of what a Zelda game was and took it to a new direction. And talking through that in real time with you and with all of our wonderful guests was, um, really an awesome moment for me to just kind of mm. sit back and and draw those connections between what Breath of the Wild was doing and what Ocarina of Time did and and kind of give it its due as a Zelda game. So I know I have to pick one. So I think I'm going to pick um, Skyward Sword. And a, a lot of that is due to um, the couple of things. Surprise, that we- surprise. Matt picks Skyward Sword. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Look, not because it's my favorite game, but the and the point that was made in the Discord while we've been having this discussion is that we had some of the best, most critical discussions about a game that we all loved. And we had amazing critical discussions and honestly i might pick season six if you hadn't also picked season six so like those three seasons are all kind of really at the top for me so and it, it sparked such good discussion and such objective discourse that it's hard to walk away from that season without feeling that we did exactly what we set out to do which is to talk about all of these zelda games mm-hmm. as objectively as possible and i think we really did a good job of that in skyward sword the thing about breath of the wild is the thing about that season is that from the moment we started up the podcast 
Um, we always knew that once we got to Breath of the Wild, I, like I think in our minds, we imagined that that was going to be a moment where we just had to blow up the podcast and do something, yeah, do something different. totally out of left field. And yeah. I think w- one of the reasons that I look back on the Breath of the Wild season so fondly is because what we figured out was that the structure that we have for the show is actually very resilient. And was basically completely applicable to even a very different type of Zelda game. Um, yeah. I, I think we had to make pretty minimal adjustments to to the show structure to cover Breath of the Wild um, comparative to what I think we thought we were going to have to do. You know? Yeah. And the Wind Waker was kind of the same thing, but it didn't – I don't think it stood up to scrutiny as well in the in that format so one really cool thing about what happened with breath of the wild was that even fitting it into our very structured style of podcasting it still stood up to that and remained the best game we have played and wind whereas wind waker really suffered from being put into a format like that which is so interesting because i really thought i i would have thought that if there was any game that we could play where we gave it a set progression path when it didn't necessarily have one and it would suffer from that i really would have thought it would be breath of the wild yes so did i i thought that we were gonna like hate ourselves for doing that but i but i did not find that to be true no i I didn't either and that was very surprising and so I mean, by far my favorite game to go back and replay was Breath of the Wild. It had been a while, and it's just such an amazing game. But the model you guys created is very adaptable. And then you guys have to kind of roll with it, too, which I think worked out well. You guys took the model you had, then tweaked it just a little bit to make it fit the shrines versus dungeons yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but I have to agree that I think my favorite season so far has been Skyward Sword. Um Partially just because, as I've learned on this podcast, that it was my first season on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, Lyndon uh, had it right. It's, it was the biggest surprise I've had in this podcast. There's been other games I haven't played before that I've played and enjoyed. Um, right now, Link Between Worlds, I'm enjoying quite a bit. Um, but man, I, I did not expect to like Skyward Sword as much came into that and it fit the the program for the pod real well being a little bit more linear um and then i just had a blast um with that season so i think that was great and i'm curious to see going forward how this adaptability keeps going with uh tears of the kingdom yeah definitely we'll we'll see if it holds up i think and one of my favorite things about breath of the wild in particular was i had a little more creative license with the um with the plot recaps, I was able to kind of fill in side quests into the plot recaps, memories, uh, the dragon quests, the labyrinths, things like that. I was able to kind of as I felt empowered to do so or as it felt appropriate, was able to add those in there. So I had some more creative freedom with those, which was really fun for me. I, I've always you loved, were much more comfortable with doing that at that at that point. I, I was. It was it was after we'd been doing it for a while. So I was in a I was in a comfortable place. Creative writing has always been one of my most favorite outlets. Like whereas Lyndon is an artist, I am a creative writer. It's one of my favorite things to do, which is why I was very agreeable to TIE Fighter. <laughs> The my proclivity for creative writing or my enjoyment of was really the biggest reason that I was willing to be the part of the podcast duo that took on the plot recaps because I really do enjoy it. And um, Breath of the Wild was an interesting challenge 
for me to not have as much explicit plot as like Skyward Sword, especially like I had very little creativity in Skyward Sword's plot recaps. Right. It was basically cut and paste. That's the hard part for for um, for Skyward is that Skyward, you know, you have your very linear game, but I think you did a really good job in Breath of the Wild where there's there's lots of story, but very little plot. If that yeah. makes sense. Yep. And so even on Skyward, I felt like the the snippets you gave mm-hmm. at the beginning of each episode were really good. Well, especially, I mean, in Breath of the Wild, to your point, Mike, the story is sort of what you make it yeah. outs- outside of the memories, right? Oh, it's yep. almost more RPG-ish than it is. any it other is a little bit, yeah. had. It's very open world exploration. So, you know, I, I may have just talked myself into saying Breath of the Wild is actually my favorite because it was it was a more creative outlet for me. So, yeah, I'm going to change my answer and go with Breath of the Wild. So now we have <laughs> we have three separate ones. Look at that. So season six, season four. Breath of the Wild was five. Uh, Breath six, of the Wild was five. Uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild was five. five. So Skyward was three. Six, five and three. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Ta-da. So one thing I am actually kind of curious leading off of this conversation is of the games that we've played so far, when we're done with this. When we've when we've hung up our hat and all of the Zelda series is in the rearview <laughs> in three ish years, <laughs> right? Sure, whenever that happens. Um, what is the game that each of you thinks you're going to go back and replay first, just for fun? Uh, I will be playing Skyward Sword on Master Mode, which I actually have never done. Okay, yeah, uh, it, it's hard. So. My my knee jerk reaction was to say probably Tears of the Kingdom. It's going to be my second replay here in like three years, right? Yeah. So that's that's just kind of a, a fortune telling version. <laughs> but also, so my kiddo is five. Yes. And give her three years, she'll be kind of in that prime age to get started on a Zelda. Heck yeah. And so I'm I'm just trying to decide what would be the best one to bring her in on. Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Buddy. Yep. So maybe Link's Awakening with her would be my my first replay after the pod's done. That would be a lot of fun. I think that was actually going to be my answer. I'm going to go back to where it all started for me and I'm going to replay Link's Awakening. So that's I'm awesome. I'm going to try and do the like a I'm going to try and do a no death. Like Ooh. no death master mode. I'm not going to do three hearts. But I think I could do no death on on hero mode in Link's Awakening. I do not think I could do that. But no. my first intro was Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So part of me kind of wants to force the child. <laughs> to Live to vicariously the, through your offspring. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was a good jumping in point. Absolutely. And I did well with it. I beat the game. Um, so I, I wonder if she would like that just depending on kind of where she's at age wise. I think that probably Link's Awakening is a more child friendly one. For sure. Ocarina. I would say so. I mean, to your point, the era like the, the period of time that you're talking about, Mavis is going to be in what? First, second grade? Oh, God, I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> right. But I mean, I was in second grade when I got Link's Awakening and I, that was, I think, a very good age to to jump into that game on the Game Boy. Dude, yeah, she starts kindergarten next year, so she'd be in oh, second grade gosh. when y'all are done with pod. Man, I'm not ready. No, dude, I'm feeling old. We just had our first daddy daughter dance. I can't do this. Oh, no. How was that? 
That was probably great, oh, wasn't it? Was amazing. It? Yeah. Well, should we only spend about 15 minutes dancing? And it uh-huh. was really cute. And I took her to Chili's first. That's <laughs> 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 where she wanted to go. There you go. And then we went back. She's to, a cheap date, Mike. There oh, you go. Man, that, you gotta love it. And then we went back to the the dance, and they had like a chocolate fountain. So we ate like two pounds of chocolate covered. Oh bread. heck well, yeah! Well, the nice thing is when Mavis is your date to Chili's, you know you're only gonna have to pay for one Presidente margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, one Presidente margarita, mac and cheese, <laughs> and then oranges, and then of course we had to have a mini molten. But then you know they have the Ooh, little, you have to have the mini molten. Those little game consoles at the tables now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I caved. I let her play the. Ah, uh, you console. caved. Uh, I'm a sucker. I mean, look, um, I would be a sucker too. She's got the she's got the eyes that'll make you do whatever. Cute. Oh, yep. she darn cute. Gosh, she's cute. So then we went and danced <laughs> for like 15 minutes. And then it just turned into this like crazy rage monster thing where all the girls just ran around like, I don't even know, like nuts. They were little berserkers. And me and the other dads are just like hiding in a corner. Like, like, oh, oh boy. All right. <laughs> Gonna let that happen. On the very end of the night, she, you know, have you ever seen the Windex commercials where the glass is really clear? Mm-hmm. So Mavis wanted to do one more dance and they had this like dance room that has like the just dance games in there. Yeah. And I said, okay, one more dance, Mavis. And she runs full tilt into the glass window. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. I thought she busted her little nose. But uh, no, she, just, she hurt her pride. <laughs> and we, uh, we had some more chocolate and got out of there. <laughs> Uh, oh, motherhood is a gift. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, jeez. Uh, Poor Maybe Moo. Okay, so Skyward Sword for you, Matt. No, Breath Mode. of the Wild. Really? Did yeah, I, I, t- I talked to myself into it. Oh, no, 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 which game you're going to replay? Oh, 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 oh. Skyward Sword on Thank Master you. Mode. Yes. Okay. Uh, Link's Awakening for me. What about yourself, Mike? Whatever Mavis wants to play. There you go. Good answer. <laughs> Well, y'all, I think this is a pretty good time to get into a spot of cucko run. What do you think? I am getting it pulled up right now, Lyndon. I'm, I'm ready. So here's the deal. I actually, I'm there in my game, and I have it up right now. I'm just going to pass it around the table real Let's quick. Let's do it. I oh, that's I did, fine. I okay. bring uh, Jackson's Game Boy. Okay. Yeah. In case, so here's a little inside baseball on the pod for this season. Jackson and Mike are sharing a 3DS and a copy of the game and just passing it back and forth between each other. So far, it's working. So far, no complaints. So I'm going to go first. And just to remind everybody, the way that this is going to work is that we are each going to take a pass at the endless Cucko Run Challenge in A Link Between Worlds. And the person who gets the best time, how how are we going to do this? What's at stake for us three here? I mean, shots. No, (laughs) I got to (laughs) drive. No, yeah, you're right. Um, Should not be alcohol. Um Maybe uh, whoever gets the best one, we buy them a cigar for the next pod. Yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sounds good. So, w- worst time buys stogies? Sure, yeah, worst time buys a stogie. Cool. Hey, Steph, we'll probably drop a few more timestamps in before the episode is over, but we definitely want to get Cucko Run done before it gets too late, just so that everybody who's, like, hanging out in the chat, uh, you know, has knows the time to beat <laughs> yeah exactly gotta get that out of the way okay so <laughs> loser <laughs> wears a tingle costume oh I my god i'm not going to build that but if someone were to have that i think that <laughs> the loser should wear that if yeah if someone has a tingle costume they want to ship to us for that and then we make a, a video version of it it's yeah they're forever yep 
Yeah, if if someone has a Tingle costume and they want to ship it to us, hit me up on Discord you and I will. Who, you know who has a Tingle costume is Sam. She co- <laughs> she cosplayed as Tingle. Well, years luckily ago. Sam is not currently listening to this and we're right also now. Not so. going to fit in Sam's costume. Also true. But yes, they have to do, they have to wear the the Tingle costume and do the Tingle dance. I don't I don't know if I can get on board with the dance. I'd wear the costume, but the dance is just one step too far. Oh man! All right, y'all. Cucko Run Challenge begins now, starting with me. I'm kicking it off. We'll see what my time is. Matt, will you record the times as they're finished? Yes, I, sh- I shall. We'll just post them in the Discord. Okay. Okay, fair enough. All right, here we go. All right, Mike, you better watch him so he doesn't I, cheat. I'm, okay. I'm like, how do you, how do you cheat? cheat at this game? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, I'm going to uh, be the official law bringer of this. Okay, here we go. Cucko challenges a go in three... Two, one. He said one way too early. He's still paying the rupees. There he goes. Oh, those are gigantic cuckoos. What is this? It's Dave. Fresh hell. Dave uh, Dave is back. Oh, man. <laughs> it's oops all Daves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose so hard at this. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> how long? 1547. 15, 15 seconds. 15, 40, yeah. 1547. 15. Yeah. 15.47. All right. I got Linden's. All right. Those are gigantic. What is that? All right, Mike, you're up next. Oh, okay. Well, let me put my cigar down. I don't feel uh, great about this. All right. It's Mike next. Mike next. Here he goes. I ain't going to beat that. Do I just use one control stick? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How bad? 454. (laughs) 454. All right. The whole field was filled with cuckoo. (laughs) Giant cuckoos. All right, my turn. Let's go. We're going to get our asses whipped. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be buying a stove. Literally everybody on Discord is probably going to get a card (laughs) because we're all going to beat our time. (sighs) All right, here we go. If they weren't giant, I would do better. <laughs> They're massive. Oops, all Daves. <laughs> Oops, all Daves. There's a lot of clucking going on over there. I know. Ah, 2884. Oh, all right. Well, Matt is the clear winner. Mike is the clear loser. So. <laughs> All right, Matt's posting our times. Everybody, if you're listening live, go ahead and post up your times in the same Discord channel. Anyone who beats 28.84 gets the Kojiro card. What if we just have a sword fight and whoever wins? No, because you would win. You know that. I know. (laughs) That's why you want to have the sword fight. (laughs) Gotta play to my strengths, Matt. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I feel like this was not an excellent showing for any of us, really. Because the target, you get a, you, so you get a piece of heart from this. If you make it to 100 seconds. Yes. 
And none of us got even slightly close to that. No. And look, let's also be clear. Oh. Oh. Tiffany the star coming in with 56.06. Look, also, let's be clear. None of us actually practiced this before today. So this was our first run. I've never even seen a giant <laughs> 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 he got me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Okay. I wish KFC that is right there. Wow. That was awesome. I hate to say this was my first run, too. Nice. Excellent. All right. Where's the chicken emote? I want to throw one of those on that. Well, anyway, um, looks like. Lyndon, I think there were a couple other uh, timestamps that people wanted to hear, and then we should probably close it up and get on out of here. What do you say? I think that that sounds pretty good. One thing I do want to mention real fast, a question that I kind of have for everybody, mostly for you, Matt, because, uh, Mike, you have not been on the bonus episode train as much as Matt and I Oh, yeah, bonus episodes. We had those. I, I, we did. And so just, just to clarify this, especially for anyone who's listening new, we still do bonus episodes, obviously. We're doing one right now. We, we do them periodically. Most every season that we do now gets – it ends up getting expanded by a week or two um, as we have bonus episode opportunities crop up. So uh, – and it's going to continue being that way for the rest of the podcast. In the early days, the way that we did this is that we had uh, Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes, um, which we stopped doing because, uh, to be completely frank, they just did not – they weren't driving engagement in the way that they needed to to justify the extra two hours per week of recording, two hours of editing, like, you know, especially like that's right around the time that Sawyer came along. So like it was just it was not it was not time effective. Yeah. Um to do that much extra content because that that led to doing two episodes a week once a month, basically. Yeah. Which was tough. Uh, but anyway, so we, so we still definitely do bonus episodes, but, um, you know, in the old format when we were doing extras and in the new format where we're just adding it to the season, we've had a lot of great bonus episodes and conversations. Um, so I wanted to ask you real quick, Matt, what are some, what are some like good memories of bonus episode guests and conversations that we've had? So the two that really stick out in my mind are, um, the bonus episode, what? Dark Nook got 77.46. Whoa! Hey! That is amazing. Dark Nook gets a Kojiro card. And so does Tiffany. Um, so the the two that come to my mind immediately are um the one that the three of us did uh covering Metroid Dread, because that game was so fun. That was fun. That was such a fun game, and I really enjoyed talking about that uh for I don't remember, it was like it was almost two hours. Yeah. But we talked about the entire game, so I guess that you know tracks. Was a that like bit. the least viewed episode? Uh we we put it we ended up putting up on Apple Podcasts, so it's gotten about, you know, uh, a comparable number of downloads. Oh, cool. So yeah, uh but that's why we ended up putting all the bonus episodes just out for general viewership because an episode with 10-ish downloads was tanking our average uh-huh. and it was hurting our statistics and uh, ad opportunities pretty badly. So I mean, you tell me how many people I need to get to watch an episode. <laughs> I have a crew that I can get to watch an episode. <laughs> there you go. So I liked Metroid Dread a lot. Um, and then also the build your own Zelda game that we did with the Hyrule Podcasters. The Hyrule Podcasters. 
podcasters. We got to catch back up with those guys. I know. They're so busy and so are we. It's just, it's well, hard. they have multiple podcasts now, don't I they? I know. They do. They're busy, but I haven't even watched that episode. I need to or listen. It's really, it's really good. We, we each took all of the links from every game, all of the companions from every game, overworlds from every game and main bosses from every game and item sets from every game and you got to pick one from each category oh, no, I didn't. and so y'all had like the roster of what you could pick yeah okay. yeah it was like a fantasy football draft i did watch uh, listen to that one that was yeah. pretty fun yeah and i won that with sweeping colors because uh i actually put together a really good game that was in the wind waker world with the majora's mask item set so i could be link with the zora mask swimming oh, yeah. around gotta get the meta yeah it, it was good it was i was pretty proud of it um but also that one was a lot of fun just like thinking about how how would you create a game given the puzzle pieces of all the other ones and that was a fun thought exercise that is pretty cool yeah yeah you know we we've had a lot of great conversations with a lot of people um the two that kind of spring to mind to me are, are both earlier ones number one is so we had an entire bonus episode with max mm-hmm. where we talked about why the water temple is so reviled oh, in yeah yeah, yeah. I remember that one. and i think it's so interesting because nowadays like if we were to, if we were to have played ocarina of time now i think it's just something that would have been discussed in his actual episode you know yeah like now especially now that episodes are like routinely two-ish hours you know yep i i think that that just would have gotten rolled in there but um but I, I think that was just so fun because – especially because this is before – you know, I, I knew Max on social media through like he, – he had liked some of my art stuff and I knew he worked at Bungie and I was a huge Destiny fan. So um, we had spoken, but I didn't know Max at this time. And of, of course, the, the possibility of me going to work at Bungie was like way in the future because this was this was early pandemic before you got where, your dream job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this was early pandemic before remote work was something that was like happening in a big way in the game industry. So uh, this was such a fun conversation for me because it was the first time that we had somebody with professional knowledge of game design on the show. Yeah. Talking about one of the biggest topics in all of Zelda, right? Which is the water temple. Um, and so I, I look back on that one with a lot of, a lot of fondness. Um, I think that, uh, Nowadays, it's not the kind of thing that we would devote an entire bonus episode to. We would just have a regular episode about it. But I think it really foreshadowed the kinds of conversations that we could have on yeah. this on this podcast. Um, and then the other one was, uh, to be honest, I loved talking to Eric Buckles about that was a lot of fun about Hero of Time. That just hit our inner band nerd like yeah. hard. Well, in Hero of Time, anyone listening right now, go if you haven't listened to it before, go to Spotify and listen to Hero of Time, which is the reorchestration of. It's actually – it's not even a reorchestration of the Ocarina of Time soundtrack. It's an orchestral interpretation of Ocarina of Time, the game, um, and takes you on like a musical journey through that entire game. It's and, beautiful. Yes. And Eric Buckles was the you know the composer behind that, and uh, he had also worked in the past with uh, Symphony of the Goddesses, right, which we really loved. Oh, so, Symphony of the Goddesses was so good. So we got to talk to him about Symphony of the Goddesses and his capacity working officially with Nintendo on that project, but also about Hero of Time and how it like interprets Ocarina of Time, one of the most classic games ever made in a musical way. And that, that was just a really, really fun conversation. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, so I think we have two more uh 
two more uh, time codes to queue up. Uh, one of them is from Skyward Sword. Speaking of water temples, Skyward Sword Chapter 6, around the 40-minute and 10-second mark where we're talking about the ancient cistern, one of our most favorite temples of all Zelda, really. Um, okay, so that's so. Skyward Sword Chapter 6. Yep. What's the timestamp? 40 minutes and 10 seconds. Okay. And so just to reiterate, this is a conversation about water temples generally in Zelda and uh, Skyward Sword's take on that concept. So here we go. It's certainly the one that people reference the most in terms of like, you know, common wisdom says that Skyward Sword has got great dungeons, whatever, whatever, whatever other issues it might have. It's got great dungeons. And I think people usually cite the ancient cistern as the pinnacle of dungeon design in this game. And I think I need to get on the other side of the sand ship before I'm ready to say that I necessarily feel the same way. But it's definitely impressive. Like it's fun. It's great. It has a very distinct identity to it aesthetically musically the puzzle solving is very distinct um you know what i think is interesting about this dungeon map do tell the ancient cistern is this game's water temple and i think that this (laughs) but it's the best water temple ever (laughs) that's the thing i think that this is this is bar none the best water temple in a zelda game water temples generally speaking suck but this okay, water, but, uh, well, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, okay, in my personal opinion, I generally dislike water temples in Zelda games. This one is a lot of fun, and like in in a lot of similar ways to Ocarina of Times water temple where you're messing with the instead of the water level of the whole temple you're messing with the statue in the middle you're going back and forth between the basement level and the surface level you're doing a lot of influencing in one area or the other that allows you to traverse new areas of uh, the other and back and forth and back and forth and but they do it in a i don't know why i like this so much more it's hard for me to put a finger on it, but I just do. It's just so much better and it's fun. And the ambiance of the temple from the very get go is just like grand. So there you go. Matt wants to float with the lily pads. Absolutely. Um, I, I do. The critters. Mike wants to fight the critters. Uh, that brings back some memories of some of the best words. Dichotomy, our O word that goes in the jar. Obtuse. <laughs> Obtuse. Obtuse. <laughs> non sequitur. The thing, uh, you know, yeah, the thing that's really ones. interesting listening to that clip, Matt, is have we had a, a honest-to-goodness water temple in any game that we've played since that point? Nope. I mean, I, I really don't. I, I think the closest that you could possibly get is maybe... Tower of the Gods in Wind Waker. Yeah, that is pretty water temple with the raising and lowering of the various water but, but levels. Even, and even, it, even then, that's just the first floor and you're just sailing in the King of Red Lions between areas. And I don't know. It, it's so interesting. Like, I know that we have other water temples coming later in the series. Yeah. Even in some top down games, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that uh, obviously Link to the Past. Didn't really have one. Nope. Breath of the Wild didn't really have one. Uh, Varuta. Yeah. Yeah, but that's. That's a, that's a water uh, temple, bro. I guess when I think of water temple, I'm thinking more. But of also, like, we also we also did decide during that season that divine beasts were not temples. It's a water elephant, bro. But you, but you, the player, I think for it to be considered a real water temple, you, the player, have to have some sort of interaction with the temple while swimming. I like, guess that's fair. I mean. 
Because other otherwise, it's just I. In, so the only the only thing that I can think of in Varuta that really qualifies is that you you raise and lower the trunk, and that spews water on that wheel, right? Yeah. Other than that, it's just your typical <laughs> divine beast situation, yeah. right? Um, but but no, I will say so. Uh, Twilight Princess, we definitely have got a big water temple. Yeah, coming up. Yeah, yep. Um, and then uh, I'm not going to say which top down game has has one, but the oracles. Uh, yeah, Oracle of Ages has a yeah. water temple. So when we get to Twilight Princess, how can I play that? Uh, well, uh, you can borrow my GameCube. Yeah, again. Gonna, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was gonna say currently Wii U and GameCube. Of course, the hope is that that's gonna drop on Switch sometime before we get to that point. The hope is that everything drops on Switch at some point. I think at, uh, it's just uh, only a fool's hope, <laughs> <laughs> right? I yeah, mean, for sure. Yeah. Oh man, that's another thing we do constantly in this pod is uh dive into other fandoms <laughs> that have nothing to do with Zelda. <laughs> uh man. All right. So the last clip I think needs I've, to I've be I've got another one after this. Oh, you okay. I was gonna give you guys a choice between Igor and Greg. No, no, no. Okay. Oh we're, we're oh. on a wavelength here. Oh, nice. Who's ready to explore the saga of Igor and Greg? Yes, let's do it. Let's right. explore. <laughs> okay, cool. So the time step, we're gonna start with with where all this began, and that is the story of Greg the Block. Uh Greg. Okay, here My we go. My nemesis. All right. For anyone who's wondering, this is Link's Awakening Chapter 5, starting at 27 minutes and 15 seconds. So here we go. Uh I say here we go. I still have to scroll to it. <laughs> <laughs> and that and with that being said. And with that being said, <laughs> I don't think I've said that so far this episode. I uh, just the the there's just so much backtracking and I'm thinking specifically about the room where you first come into this room and it's, it's a four way stop. Basically it's a crossroads and in the middle is, uh, our five blocks and the center one is the, you have to push, but you can only push it one direction. Yeah. And this, this room specifically annoys me so much because you have to push the block one way, exit the room, come back to the room, push the block another way, go up that new branch, do a thing there, come back down. You, you like have to go in and out of this crossroads like a dozen times to get what you're trying to do. And that is just unnecessary, in my opinion. Like, I find that I, like, what's the point? I would you are, argue, you are artificially making me spend 10 times more time than I need to to accomplish what I need to accomplish. I would argue that that room would uh, have. I mean, nothing in this dungeon would have been lost by just eliminating that middle block. I absolutely. Exactly. You know what would have been a cool thing if they had done instead of that, which would have fed into the whole combat gauntlet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, aspect of this dungeon that they were clearly going for. I right. mean, um, is if you know how there are two sparks in there. Yeah. On the right and the left side when you come in. Yeah. If there had been also a spark on the north and south, and it just is about you having to dodge the spark, yeah, to jump over them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally remove that middle block. And to me, this dungeon becomes infinitely more enjoyable because that crossroads pisses me off. Man. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and call it now. I mean, for our Ocarina of Time season, you know, the real. Uh, it, 
we had a large cast of characters that we discussed in that season, but I think the real standout was our boy, Dave, the chicken, right? Absolutely. I'm going to call it sure. now the catfish's mob block. Matt's Matt's nemesis. Ugh, and, is my uh, nemesis. And now I, <laughs> I think that block. I think is the, just the true star bit player. Of we call it Lake's Greg. Awakening. Yeah. Let's call it Greg. Greg, the block. Greg, the block. <laughs> I hate Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. i'm so sorry matt show me on the doll where the block touched you no <laughs> i can't <laughs> too many places it's called greg greg the block greg the block greg the block the inception of and matt how did how did greg settle upon your so uh, actually i do have a story for that uh, oh Greg the Block, so it, we play a lot of Destiny, yeah. and there is a one of our favorite streamers that plays Destiny is Astacross, and he's really funny. He's Cajun. He's from Louisiana, so he talks in that thick Cajun accent, and he's hilarious, and he has, there was an enemy that he would always test weapons on, because you could go into this area, this enemy would always be there, and it was just a reliable way to test DPS numbers, and he named, there was an ogre, and he named it Greg the Ogre, because it had some long name that you know you could distill down into greg and so i just <laughs> stole it straight from astacross so this is greg because astacross has a greg the ogre so yeah that's that's how i got greg it was just top of mind that day i don't know why but there you go okay i was wondering if it was like a just an old greg reference honestly i'm old greg <laughs> i'm old greg <laughs> you ever drink bailey's out of a shoe what's that <laughs> what am i missing what am i missing <laughs> You've never seen old Greg? I've never seen old Greg. Oh, what? we have a video to show you after we hang up. Oh. This is one of the earliest viral YouTube videos. All right. Well, there you go. I'm, I'm excited. Younger than we are. He, he is. He is. What this a is, baby. This was back in the in the early baby days of YouTube was the era of old Greg. So. All right. Well, now I'm excited. Yeah. Your ex, your explanation makes a lot more sense to me who like knows you. And I haven't showed famous old play. Greg. Really? Yeah. Did it freak her the hell out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, All right. So she, for a while, she wanted to watch Charlie the Unicorn every night. No. Uh-uh. Oh, man. Oh, no man. way. There's like five of them suckers, too. I didn't oh, even no. know that. But yeah, no. So Mavis likes Charlie the Unicorn. She did not like Old Grey. <laughs> okay. So we've got we've got a story here, right? We have the tale of Old Greg, but every good story also has to have a good sequel. And and honestly, the sequel may be better than the original. <laughs> it might just be. So let's fast forward to A Link to the Past, which is uh, season five. Yeah, it is uh, chapter eight, starting at 36 minutes and 25 seconds. More so than any dungeon before, this place is full of new and dangerous enemies, like the Freezor, which we encountered in the first room. There are other enemies that roam these frozen halls, like the Pengators that slide around the slick floors and the Stalfos Knights that can only be destroyed by bombs once we crush their supporting bones. In addition to the dangerous and plentiful enemies, the great nemesis of all, the greatest nemesis of all reappears. Greg the Block is back and just as painfully annoying as he was in Link's Awakening. <laughs> I had to throw that in there, guys. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, at this point, like people talk about like Zelda's got this problem where it's like, oh, I mean, this villain has the Zant treatment where Zant shows up, but then Ganon's the main villain or the Aghanim treatment or whatever. For Matt, it's Greg the Block. Like Greg, Greg the Greg Block the is the main villain of every game. Hijacked by Greg. 
Uh, awesome. Thank you for enjoying that laugh with me. Later, we would end up renaming that block Igor because we didn't uh, want to. Well, they to. can't both be great. They can't both be great. There can only be one. There can only be one. Yeah. So we, uh, it's like Highlander situation. We Highlander references. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star Trek. Uh, pretty sure we've had a Matrix in there somewhere, probably. Man, so much. So much. We, we cover a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, Nerds. we do. That's for sure. Look, I'm just saying, I don't know when it's going to happen. Probably not anytime soon, but one of these days. I'm going to reveal the trading card for the month, and it's going to be Greg. the e- Greg. The Greg the effing block. Greg the <laughs> block. <laughs> that day will be a good day. And it's going to be our most sought-after trading card. <laughs> no doubt. When you said I just picture like a gelatinous cube from D&D. <laughs> oh, man. Greg the block. What a, what know, a, I'm so ready for that trading card. Just a block. <laughs> it is. It's just a block. But like talking about bits that have like kind of petered out as we've gone further through this show. Greg the block endures. <laughs> he does. He endures. He endures into so, the future. Lyndon, you, you are aware that my office is like 70% your artwork, right? Yes, I've heard. I need a Greg the block full size print. <laughs> to put in my office. Yeah, who's paying for that? <laughs> Not me. (laughs) (laughs) The market for this sounds incredibly small. Tell me I'm poor. (laughs) I I, I want to do it just so that I can see a smile on your face, Mike. Uh, I I will put it in my office at work so others can see it. And they're going to be like, what the hell is that? (laughs) I'll give you the trading card. I will put that in a full-size frame in my office. (laughs) Hey, Josh from ZU hops back into the chat. Josh, uh, so we We've already wrapped up the cocoa run. We're we're um, we're kind of retreading. Oh my gosh! Are you you're just a show off, Josh, Josh? Why? No. Hey, that's cheating. I don't know how you cheat. Stop it. Damn it, Josh! Wait, you're not on oh, the. Oh, that's, that's regular cuckoos. Yeah, I'm good at regular cuckoos. You're not on the right one. You're not on the right one. Uh, endless en- mode, bud. Endless mode has only the big cuckoos, right? Hold on, Josh is about to correct us because we're probably wrong. Uh, Josh says we're wrong. See, we're wrong. After a hundred seconds, they turn small. Okay. What? Oh, so you're just shaming us for not reaching a hundred seconds? Well, of course, of course, we, of course, we wouldn't know this because we haven't we, we, we got to twenty eight seconds. Yeah, there you seconds. go. <laughs> Josh, well, there you I, go. I tickle me impressed. There you go, Josh. You uh, you blew us all out of the water. And you, in addition to Dark Nuck and Tiffany the Star, get a Kojiro trading card. So congratulations. No, we were just uh, we were going back over the saga of Greg and Igor the Block, truly the two greatest enemies in the history of The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Absolutely, they are. <laughs> hey, so you guys did the crossover with Melora and Max. Yeah. Can we please have a crossover with me and any of the recurring guests? I want to I want to interact with these people. If everyone's ready for a four hour episode, yeah, because that was our first ever two hour episode. Oh man, I as long as long the, or the as first short of many as you want it to be. I I want to do it. <laughs> that is true. Josh does live thirty minutes away. So does Jackson, by the way. So like, look, man, we, we can opportunity. Have a How does Josh? Oh. Uh, ooh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you want to rephrase that one? Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's exactly how he meant it. But. Uh, <laughs> How does Josh live 30 minutes away? Australia He's is in very Ar- far away. Josh no, is in Arlington. No, Cody's, Cody's in Australia. Oh, Josh, yeah. is, Josh is in Ar- Arlington. Oh, no, yeah. you're right. Okay. Josh, you got to get here. We're going to have highballs. 
and cigars and dudes. I will I will say so we'll we'll find a way to make this happen Mike. Uh an idea that I've had in the back of my mind for a very long time is that I really really want to get a Zelda Universe alumni panel discussion. Going. Yeah. So that's going to be Josh, Cody, Max, one of our new guests who will be on with us next week, Amanda. Yeah. By the way, Amanda of Z- it's Zelda Weekly. Can we do that a Zelda dinner? And we'll have a Zelda theme. Oh, dude. I could make a good menu for that. I know you could. I could make a good menu for that. That'd be amazing. Matt and Lennon are both very good cooks. Uh, And I know how to use a smoker. (laughs) um, Let's do this, dude. Dude, so we already have Zelda-themed cocktails, so now all we need is Zelda-themed food. And I feel like we we probably need to actually mention what we're drinking tonight because we posted the the recipes on our socials and in Discord. Indeed. But we have – I feel like a lot of listeners who are not engaged on any of those channels, so – uh, just a quick rundown. We we prepared a special cocktail menu for this 100th episode bonus. Uh, we've got two drinks that we put together. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of run down mine first and then pass it over to Matt. So the drink that I assembled is called the Triforce of Courage. It is two ounces or three, if you're me tonight. <sighs> <laughs> of, of Suntory Toki Japanese whiskey, which is uh, very easy to get at any bigger liquor store, you know, uh, Total Wine, Specs, uh, those kinds of places, uh, and not all that expensive. It's about $30. So Suntory Toki whiskey poured over ice in a rocks glass. Uh, you put a drizzle of honey in that and two leaves of mint. Stir it all together. And there you go. That's the Triforce of Courage. And it is uh, it's a very refreshing drink, I have to say, especially if you're a lover of whiskey. Um, it's, a, it's a really good time. Indeed. Did you, did you slap the mint first? I you did, always I, have to slap the mint. You have to slap the mint. That slap the of, mint. Yeah. So just aside, my wife gets upset whenever I slap the mint because apparently it's too uh That's the only way you suggestive. get – That's the only <laughs> way you get – But that's the only uh, – so especially in Moscow Mules, that's the only way you get the mint flavor in the drink is if you – You agitate like, the oils. You, you either have to tear it – Seriously, that's what it is. Why it agitates my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a you problem, buddy. <laughs> it is, uh, but you know what? I'm here for it. <laughs> Matt, why, why don't you tell us about your drink that you prepared for the evening? So because – we're both whiskey lovers, but we didn't want to have two whiskey cocktails. I went into a more creative route. Uh, I created the Silent Princess cocktail. Um, it is two ounces of vodka with uh, about a quarter ounce of blue curacao, uh, about a half ounce of agave nectar with uh, mint leaves and blueberries and uh, with ice um, and top it with ginger ale. It is quite refreshing. It is one of those sneaky drinks. It'll sneak up on you. It's very good. So as your detective and drinker of drinks, I have deemed both of these adequate. More than adequate. They're both delicious. Okay. So I was going to say, adequate, adequate is not adequate enough. Hurt my feelings. Yeah, that would be well, not great. The, the, a, a subpar word yes. for the, these delicious drinks. Delectable. Um, I would say that the, the Triforce of Courage is a better winter drink. For sure. And Silent Princess is a fantastic by the pool enjoyment. You know, the thing is, though, I have found Suntory Toki to be an excellent summer whiskey. Oh, it, it's year round. Um, usually during the winter, I drink the Rise or your straight Kentucky bourbons. Sure. Um, but I'm a big fan of both these drinks. So there you go. If you, if you have not seen any of our social posts, that's what we're drinking tonight. But, um, I think that that kind of brings us to the end of timestamps that we had accumulated. Yeah. It's, um, 
man, it's been a trip. It's been a trip through our catalog. I, I know that this episode has been a little bit more flying by the seat of our pants, but really what we wanted to do was just take a night to have some fun and to think back on the podcast as it exists up to this point. Because, you know, like we said at the top of the show, um, we were dubious in our assumption that this was going to go as long as it has. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that it was going to be as successful as it has been. I mean, Matt and I both feel like this is actually something that has, you know, obviously it's not lighting the world on fire. We're not doing like serial numbers sure. here, but we don't really care because we've done exactly what we set out to do. We're covering this series a chunk at a time. And we have people who are listening to us do it and who enjoy uh, listening to us do it. <laughs> the world on fire. There you yes. go. Josh, you got it. Josh is new. Josh is the new memesman. <laughs> the memesman. <laughs> hey, so quick aside. Yes. This, this has been fantastic for me because I love Zelda, but with such a, I mean, I have a pretty fast past life between two kids and a, a pretty demanding job. Yeah. And going back and having this kind of reason to play through these Zelda games has been amazing. I don't think I would have played through them again, if not for y'all. So thank you so much for doing this because I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And as much as I I make it sound like a chore (laughs) to keep up with you guys on these podcasts, every time I click on the Game Boy or the Switch to, to keep up, I love this. And it's been great. I'm getting my kids into it too. Um, Mavis likes to watch me when I play the Switch or the Game Boy, and she tries to press the buttons. The buttons, and I tell her, "Do not touch those buttons." But uh, <laughs> the time is coming soon, and uh, I'm just uh, thankful for the podcast. I, I think what I've really learned is that the 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 base hypothesis that started this whole thing, which was. Is Zelda the perfect series to cover in small chunks on a weekly basis? I think we have definitively said yes to I think, that. I think the answer is yes. I mean, I, I think it's just the perfect series to divvy up into small chunks and to follow in kind of like a book club format. And I, I'm really proud of what we've created, honestly. Yeah, um, it's. I think this will go down as probably one of the most meaningful things that we have ever done together. Sure, um, yep. And, and possibly the most meaningful hobby uh, for us both individually as well. And, um, and we've met so many amazing people people and amazing people, the community, like y'all who have been with us on discord tonight, those who were unable to be with us on discord tonight, but wished that they could be. We had so many people who were just like, ah, I can't for one reason or another, which life happens guys. Like, don't feel bad about that. But y'all have truly been, a highlight that even in our wildest dreams, we never expected to have a community like even in, in our wildest dreams, when we thought that this would keep going and we would get big amounts of listeners and numbers, we never thought we would have a community. And that is something that we both cherish very, very much. And we are so thankful for all of y'all every day, checking in on the discord channels and chats and seeing what you guys are talking about and uh, seeing you guys engaging with each other and the friendships that have been made uh, is is something that we don't take credit for because that's really gone off with very little inter- intervention from us. And so we thank you guys every day for supporting us monetarily and also um, just being an excellent community that's always excellent to each other. 
And so we're, we're very thankful for Absolutely. you guys. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And you know what? We have never had somebody show up in the Discord that was a huge asshole and we had to bounce them. Right. That is true. That has never happened. That's uh, that's gold right there. But man, it, it is just beautiful to see many people Zelda touches and how how many people love this game. And I know there's people out there that do, but just to get to meet them and talk to them is pretty awesome. I, I so on that point, I really feel what I've learned is that a lot of a lot of video games have big fandoms, right? I don't know if there is a video game that I have come across that has as large and as general of a fandom as Zelda. So does. diverse. It's so diverse. Tons of different types of people like <clears throat> casual players, hardcore gamers, all kinds of people. It's just it is such an accessible series. Um, it, it is truly I mean, this is our founding statement. Zelda games are the best games of all time. There is no bad Zelda game. Yep. Right. And I think that uh, nothing that nothing that we have played in this, uh, you know, eight seasons of pod has come even close to to showing us that that's not true. Amen. Well, this has been a really fun time, y'all. This was so much fun. I, this was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we did this. You know, uh, so I'm, I, I am really glad we did this as well, uh, just because it was a great time. But you know why else I'm really happy that we did this? Do tell. Because it extended our season eight schedule by a week. And that means that by the time we get to the rank and recap for a link between worlds, the next week after that is tears of the kingdoms launch. We now Heck have, yeah. we now have no gap between a link between worlds and tears of the kingdom. That's going to be so great guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> I, yes. Look, the, the a link between worlds schedule uh, mistakes have been made. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Greg the Block is Matt's nemesis, and the, the schedule between, is yours. The Link Between Worlds seasonal schedule is mine. Uh, but all that is to say, I mean, there it is. All that is to say that. Well, it's with all that being said, whatever. They're the same. The same thing. Um, so, with all that being said, uh, <laughs> there it is. I just want to remind everybody before we get out of here, our plan going forward is that we're going to finish out a Link Between Worlds, and then when Tears of the Kingdom drops. We are probably going to have three or four weeks where we break free of the Sacred Realms rundown model. It's not going to be a review season, but what we're going to do is we're going to have four-ish weeks where we just come on with different guests and talk about our impressions of Tears of the Kingdom as we're playing through it for the first time. Uh, Because again, as we've said before, we feel that it is unfair to rank Tears of the Kingdom on our first playthrough of it. For sure. And, and, and we also don't want to subject ourselves to the, the constraints of a schedule with it. Because obviously, and obviously we can't make a schedule because we don't know what it's going to look like. You can do this game on your own time and enjoy it the first time. Exactly. Sure. Which is what we want to do. So we're going to take about four weeks off of normal scheduled pod. We'll still be producing content every week, but it'll be more of a free form discussion of what we're doing in Tears of the Kingdom, what we've done, how we've liked it. Not comparing it to, well, we'll compare it to other games, but it's not going to be a ranking of other games against it. So we're going to talk through that uh, a week at a time uh, on the pod for about four-ish weeks. Yeah. And it, it really feels so appropriate that we're coming to our 100 episode milestone in time for such a big moment in the Zelda series, right? I mean, we've been, Tears of the Kingdom is a massive event. Yeah. Uh, the first one in seven years. 
which is crazy. It's huge. It's it's crazy, and I, I truly can't wait. Um, but I will say we we actually came to a decision on our end of things, and after Tears of the Kingdom is done, so obviously towards the end of A Link Between Worlds, we're going to put up a poll for everyone to vote on on what game we play next, as we always do. Uh, and Matt and I have decided that if for no other reason than just because we have a lot more top-down games in front of us than we do 3D games, uh, we are going to do back-to-back top-down seasons. So to all of you listening, just expect the next poll that shows up to be populated with top-down options instead of uh, the remaining 3D options. So yep. th- that's going to be your Minish Caps, your Phantom Hourglass, and uh, – we need to talk about whether or not because we've always we've always said that we're going to do season, the oracles together, yeah, oracles, seasons, and ages together, um, and maybe we'll leave that option open. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I yeah. don't I don't see a good reason why we should say that we're not open to that, but yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be an option. Okay, cool. So that is what is coming up on the podcast. This is episode one hundred, and we've got many more to go. At least a hundred more, probably more than that. <laughs> probably more than that. Thank you, guys. Mike, it's been a great time having you over for this. I, I really appreciate you carving out a chunk of your Sunday night to to come do this with us and to hang out. It's always a pleasure. Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. Glad you could be here, friend. 100%. And, uh, of course, we're going to catch Mike again uh, before the end of Season 8. He's going to be back on for our rank and recap of A Link Between Worlds. And for uh, Episode, what, 6? Oh, are you on – which one is 6? Is Skullwoods, that- bro. Ooh, that's a fun dungeon, too. I think you're really going to like it. I know. I'm in the middle of it right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. You're ahead of me. I know. All right, guys. I think that that will bring us, as Lyndon takes his final puff of cigar, to the outro. So, Lyndon, you want to wrap us up and get us out of here for the week? I 100% do. Once again, before we do this, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody listening to this episode. Y'all are amazing. We're having the time of our lives doing this, and it would not be half as enjoyable as it is without all of you, the people who listen to this show, um, and give us encouragement to keep going. So here's to 100 more, guys. Here's to 100 more. 100 more. Cheers. We cheers. Go. We're going to cheers. Alrighty, y'all. If you enjoyed today's show and you would like a little extra Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod and become a patron. If you've got no rupees, it's not a problem. Five-star Apple Podcast reviews are a great free way to support us. More reviews means that more people see our show. That makes us very happy Hylians. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sacredrealmspod for updates on the podcast and for behind-the-scenes action. Sacred Realms will be back next Wednesday with our thoughts on A Link Between Worlds Chapter 5, featuring a new guest, by the way, talking about the Swamp Palace. We'd love for you to play along with us and to share your thoughts on our social channels. A Link Between Worlds can be played on the Nintendo 2DS or 3DS family of systems. But in the meantime, may your hearts be full. May your arrows never miss. We'll catch y'all next time. Sacred Realms is an independent podcast production, which is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lyndon Willoughby. Our music comes from Zelda and Chill by Mikkel and is graciously provided to us by Mikkel and Game Chops Records. Zelda and Chill is available to stream on Spotify or to purchase directly from GameChops.com. Finally, our thanks go to Nintendo for creating such exceptional and innovative experiences.